0: Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately, we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have major retired Terrence Ty Mans. He enlisted into the US military in 1980. In 1987, he was accepted into the Army ROTC program at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. In 1989, he graduated and was commissioned second lieutenant infantry, regular army. Ty served as an army officer in tactical assignments in Germany, Korea, and worldwide from 1989 to 2003. Throughout his military and corporate career, Ty never lost his passion for storytelling, creativity, and filmmaking. In 1989, Ty met his friend, colleague, and mentor, Mr. Rick Bieber, former president of HBO Pictures. Through Rick's support and mentoring, Ty's filmmaking and storytelling knowledge and experience grew. In 2006, Ty worked with Rick under his independent film production company, Angel City Pictures. From 2006 to 2009, ACP produced a number of independent film projects, including the tragic story of Luca Bate in the film The Fifth Quarter. In 2016, he wrote the inspirational Pure Flix distributed faith-based film A Question of Faith, And after that, he joined forces with Bishop Charles Mackey in 2017 to form Man's Mackey Studios, a family and faith-based content production company. In 2018, Man's Mackey Studios produced his screenplay, My Brother's Keeper, set for theatrical release by Collide Distribution and Universal Studios in 2021. In 2019, Man's Mackey Studio produced his co-written screenplay, Redeemed, set for release on cable networks in 2021. Ty holds a BA degree in business communications and an MBA in operations management, and he's married to Mia, and they have two sons, Second Lieutenant DeLone and Army ROTC cadet Matthew. So, Ty, it is an honor to have you here, and thank you so much for your service, first and foremost.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. The way that we got connected was based on the upcoming movie, My Brother's Keeper. And the, the cool thing is not only have I gotten to see the, the film and it's fantastic, uh, but I've already gotten to, to speak with uh, TC, who's the, the star and then Robert Richard, who is co-star. And uh, just a powerful story, overcoming struggles, you know, dealing with the issues faced in war and then then coming back dealing with PTSD and, you know, just a great story of hope and redemption and grace and forgiveness. And tell us a little bit about that story and, and how you ended up uh, coming to write that.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you again for having me uh, and TC and Robert and the other guys, uh, Blue and Greg, great cast. So I can't say enough about them. I'm glad you got a chance to talk to them. I uh, can't wait to see their interviews, to hear their take on it. But yeah, you know, i wanted to write this story for a while. Uh, it had been on my mind and in my heart and my spirit to do so. And when I was on set, with when we were making A Question of Fate a few years ago, T.C. Stalins was in that movie as well. Uh, he and I were just having a conversation one day and, yeah, I was telling him how much I admired his work and, and and his abilities. And I just said, hey, I'm thinking about writing this story. And if I do it, w- you know, will you be the lead in it? I, I think you'd be perfect. And um, he said, yes, he would. And I don't know if see, you've talked to him. I don't know if he told you the story or not, but he'll tell you if he hadn't. He said, you know, I, he'll tell people I didn't believe him because they get that all the time. You know, they get people say, well, I'm going to write this or I'm going to get you into this. And um, he said, yeah, yeah, you write it out. I'll, I'll take a look at it. And I did. And within a few weeks or so, I sent him the first draft. And yeah, you know, he called back and said, hey, look, I didn't, I, I didn't believe you was going to do it. <laughs> Give me some time to read the script now. And thankfully, he he read it, and, and, and you know, he took the role. But I just wanted to tell a little bit about what my father went through, uh, this isn't a true story by any nature, but some of the events in this story is based on what I saw, what you know, my brothers and sisters, we saw when my dad came home from Vietnam. Uh, I was 10 years old when he came home from Vietnam. So I have I, I vivid memories of uh, the, the struggles he went through, the pain he went through, and the pain that the family went through for that nature. I mean, it was, was not a wonderful time, but at the end of the day, when my grandmothers made a recommendation to my parents that they either go to counseling because, you know, we all knew separation and divorce was on the horizon. You could see it. And they did that. They went to church. They went to the church and they the counselor, the pastor counseled them. And that led to my dad becoming a deacon, becoming a minister, and becoming a pastor of his own churches many years later. But what it gave us is another 30, so 30 plus years with him before he passed that had they not walked through those church doors, may not have happened. And I just wanted to tell that story. I just felt like there was something there that I could write on paper and maybe get out there. And, and yeah, it's sharing some of my father's experiences. And, you know, but I think there's good that will come from that. And I'm praying that there's good that will come from that.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I I think that the the beauty of testimony is if God's done it once, he can do it again. And, And at the end of the day, people need to know that there are plenty of people that have faced struggles in in life and in similar struggles to the things that they're facing and the more people realize that they're not alone the enemy wants people to believe that they are an isolated incident that that nobody else knows what they're going through and you know we're we're living in a society where you just stuff things down and you don't share your hurt because people won't understand and outside of Christianity a lot of times that is true but yeah. but when we've got the hope of Jesus and we share the things that we've been through it encourages other people and it helps them bring the the things that are hidden into the light and it reveals truth and and it sets people free so yeah, you know true. people that are that are struggling with uh you know the things that that are are in this movie they need to see Oh, so, somebody else. Not only has somebody else gone through it, but they were willing to make a film about it to bring more awareness mm-hmm. so that it's not some you know controversial topic. It's not something that's swept away, it's not something that's dismissed. And so many people battle the the struggles uh like that they, they're in war and, and they saw these horrific things and then they come back and they're just supposed to live a normal life again. Mm-hmm. That's not always easy. Yeah. And so Share a little bit more about you know what that looks like and and how it kind of wraps up in the movie and and how that plays out there without spoiling the plot I'm
1: yeah going. well uh t c Stalin's character Travis fox um, of course is a, a combat veteran and he eventually comes home and and learns of some other uh tragic incidents that's happened in his family's life and and he starts his journey for answers but he realizes during this journey that he's fighting something that's unseen, and it's this illness, this PTSD. And you, you, you follow this character through his up and downs, this roller coaster ride. Uh, he's befriended by a very lovely church counselor, Keisha Knight Pulliam, who's trying to help guide him along the way. And yeah, he just, I, when I write these characters, I like to write characters as flawed as I can possibly write them and Travis is a flawed character. He He's searching for answers that he really probably don't want to find because he don't want the answers that he knows that are at the end of that, that search, but he can't stop looking anyway. And he's he's blaming everybody for everything. Uh, but eventually he he comes to see that there are real answers and that he has to accept these real answers. And part of those answers are what's happening with you know, it, within him. So it's, um, yeah, I don't want to give a lot of it away, but it's a it's a very emotional film. And I think people will see whether it's the outbreaks of PTSD or the struggles of searching for answers or family members who are trying to help someone, whether it's with PTSD or anything. I think people see themselves in many different ways in this film. And I'm, at least that's what I'm praying that they'll, they'll get out of it
0: me and my daughters watched it together. We had a family movie night a couple of weeks ago and and Lori had asked me to, you know, watch it prior to meeting with you guys. And it was fantastic. I mean, they loved it and they're 11 and six and, but it is powerful and it is emotional and it is, you know, dealing with some challenging issues, but, but at the end of the day, you know, there is hope. And I think that, that, you know, we're all again, going to face struggles in life, And at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it it boils down to we can blame all the other people around us. We can blame the circumstances. We can blame the other situations, or we can search and, and find that, develop that relationship with Jesus that, that he can change all of it. Our circumstances may not change, but he can change inside here. And that can shift, you know, everything else in our life. And, you know, your dad, the, the things that, that he dealt with. I mean, you experienced that in your life. You you experienced that transformation with him. Uh, kind of walk us through, like what he was like before, and then after he he found that new hope. What did that do for your entire family?
1: Yeah, look, like I said earlier. Well, first, let me just say this: I'm ha- I'm really glad to hear you. You gave the age of your daughters, eleven and six, because that's important for Mans Mackie Studios. Bishop Mackie and myself. When we formed this, we said that we wanted to make movies that matter. That's our slogan, we make movies matter. And what we mean by that is we want our films to be what we call generational films, meaning uh, every generation from grandmother down to grandkids can sit in one setting and watch our movies. So I appreciate you you saying that you and your 11-year-old and your six-year-old were able to sit down and watch this movie because that... Over anything else in this interview that you said well, has, has touched me more because that's exactly what we're striving to create: is movies that families, generations, can sit together and watch. So thank you, and I appreciate you watching the movie with your children. Uh, but um, back to that question, you know, it was it was different seeing him and his changes, and these changes weren't overnight changes. You know what I mean? They he didn't he didn't greet us. Like he ended up being when we, when he first got home. But we just started seeing these changes and they were elevating and uh, they were becoming more violent. The outbursts, um, the alcohol use, the drug use, we just, stuff that we had never seen before. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, what's going on here? But of course, as young kids, we didn't understand how to wrap our minds around it. We just figured and started feeling like, "Oh, he's just a mean man now. We don't like him anymore. I wish he would leave." As kids, that's what you think. You don't, you don't you, at ten years old. You can't examine the root cause of PTSD or or what we call shell shock back then. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And uh, but now, after they went to church and after they started the counseling and as my mom and dad became uh more into their faith and in the, the church we saw someone that we had never seen before when when that man showed back up um it was something like we never we we had never experienced that man before and i i, I tell you the love we have for him even though he's passed but the love that we gained out of that was incredible we uh, he became our hero. He he truly did. And we just, you know, we we couldn't see ourselves without him at that point in our lives. Growing up, me going into military, my brother going into military. We talked practically every day other than the times when I was overseas somewhere. But we just, that whole change and the, the manifestation of his faith in Christ just, just delivered us a whole new person. And, and I just thank God for that. And, it was, you know, we don't have him anymore. He passed 12 years ago now. But uh, it, was, it was the most wonderful years after he found his faith and, and, and brought that faith to us. And it just changed our entire family. And I hope this film will do that for some people
0: as well. Well, that's extremely powerful. And, you know, as you're talking about it, you know, I think about my own situation. And uh, 2015, my wife and I ended up in counseling. And I was a selfish jerk, you know, so I, I didn't have all the other issues going on. I mean, there was probably uh, drank more alcohol than I needed to, but I was just a selfish jerk. And and I was very uh, like everything revolved around business. You know, I was going to do whatever it took to be successful. And and my family suffered for that. And and we ended up in counseling. And, and I came away from that counseling session. Number one, I'm selfish. And then yeah. number two, the people that were in there they shared their story and, and right. their story was, Hey, you know, you're, you're about to cross a line. And if you cross that line, this is what it looks like on the other side, because I crossed that line. And this is what happened in our family. Yeah. And I'm just telling yeah. you the bridge is out ahead, turn around. And I was like, you know yeah. what, I'm a selfish jerk. I need to change. And I don't want to, you know, go over that bridge that's out. I'm, I'm going to turn around. And I started yeah. to change and, and God radically transformed me in 2016. And from that standpoint, you know, my my first daughter was born in 2009. So she saw, you know, a different father from 2009 to to 2016. Mm -hmm. And my youngest daughter was born in 2014. So all she's really known is, you know, the radically transformed lover of Jesus. And, you know, there is a difference in uh, the two of them. I was just discussing this with uh, my guys in small group this morning, but But when the father's heart is submitted to the Lord, it changes everything. And I've seen, you know, changes take place in my oldest daughter and the youngest daughter. Again, like it's it's like they were brought up in kind of two different environments. But, you know, I'm thankful for what it did in your dad. I'm thankful for what it's done in me. And, you know, men are called to be the spiritual leaders in their household. And too many men are not being that leader. You know, the, the woman is, is being the, the mom is being that, that role model. And and that's not biblical. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's better than nothing, but, but that's not what God has called us to be. But, but when the men lead the, the way that they're supposed to, I mean, it, it's yeah. changed you, you know, oh, it it's, did. it's it did. that relationship allowed you to walk into the purpose that God had for your life. And, and I would argue that because of who he became, that led you to want to make a positive impact with the movies like you're making now. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously yeah. y'all were in military, you followed him in the military because yeah. that's what he did. Now your sons are following you in the military because yeah. they've got a positive perspective, not yeah. just the PTSD side, but the the breakthrough and the transformation that he had that passed on something positive from that experience, not just the things that that were originally no, negative.
1: No, no, you're, you're, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, um, I wanted to be in the military because of him. By the time I got to that age, I had come to adore and admire him so much that I wanted to be the next generation that served our country. And um, you know, because he loved to serve in our country, even though Vietnam was what it was. He was a Marine and he loved being a Marine. And I loved that about him. Now I didn't want to be a Marine, but I did want to serve our country. <laughs> And, you know, our sons, both of my wife and I are two boys. Uh, our oldest is a second lieutenant right now in the Marine Corps. And our youngest will be commissioned this year, second lieutenant army. So they they picked up that mantle now and carried on this tradition. But it does change something in you. And it did change something to me back then, watching the way he changed. And um, I you know, I believe that our, my family dynamic. Now, my wife, me and I've been together. Uh, we've been together. This will be, this year will be 30 years together, 25 years married. So I think that what I saw him and the way he changed and the father he became started me on that journey of, this is how I want to be with, with my family. And yeah, I had some other help along the way. I had some wonderful people, uh, that came into my life, the Letcher family, the Hopkins family, the the family. These were people that as I left home, they picked up that mantle and they were carbon copies of where I came from. So I just feel blessed that I had these role models in my life that has me, uh, that got me to where I am today. Very blessed for that.
0: That's good. So uh, originally in, in your bio, Rick Bieber, you got connected to him with HBO, but you live in Phoenix City, Alabama. Yeah. You know, uh, Hollywood, California, Phoenix City. <laughs> I know where Phoenix City is because I live in Birmingham, yeah. Alabama. Right, but, right. I mean, there's a big distance. And, and typically, you know, Hollywood films don't come out of Phoenix City, yeah. Alabama. So how did that all work out? And, and how have you gotten connected to, uh, to all these folks? Yeah. That small little know.
1: town. <laughs> You're right. It's the flag. We, we, Phoenix City is a long way away from the flagpole, that's for sure. But uh, Rick and I met, gosh, we met many years ago now. goodness, it's probably 15, 16 years ago or more now. Uh and we met through a mutual friend. And um we just we just hit it off right off the bat. And he told me who he was and everything. But what I I really liked about Rick is, he was willing to read my work. And he was willing to read my work at that time, which was not good. (laughs) You know, I was still learning how to to write. Uh, Rick was willing to read it with a critical eye, but not with a a judgmental eye. He, He would talk to me about the mistakes I were making and feed me information and so, that just led to this friendship where it went beyond just him feeding me information or sharing with me how to write these stories or put these stories together. It just led to, hey, I'm in town, let's get together, or hey, let's go do this. It just it just led to a friendship that still goes on today. I, I saw Rick year before last I was out in California and uh his lovely wife Stacy, and I called him up and I went over to their house. We had dinner. Um, so I mean it's it just God just placed us in the same path one day and we found out that we had something in common and that was, you know, telling these stories. And Rick's a very, Rick's a great screenwriter himself. And um, he did the, he wrote the script for the, the John Abadi movie. And it was just, you know, it's just one of those things that you don't, you don't ask like, well, how did this happen? You know, you just be thankful that it did. It's like, well, God, I don't know how this happened or why it happened, but I'm glad you put us together because I not only got a mentor out of Rick, and I have I have friends now of Rick and Stacy, his wife Stacy, and their kids. So it it I can't be happier just for the the friendship that developed out of it. I'm just
0: thankful for that. But it really is cool how God connects people, and you know, people ask like, how How did that happen? I, I don't know. God, God did it, God did you know, it. and that's, I mean, how we got connected. You know, I have a friend on Facebook that he, like, I was asking the Lord, who do I need to be interviewing? And he highlighted him. His name's Steve Skipper. He was episode I, I did a couple weeks ago, and he says, yeah, I'd love to do it." I reach out to my publicist, and I'm like, "Okay, I didn't know you had a publicist, but it sounds good." And I reach out to Lori, and Lori says, "Hey, I'm looking at your show and." are you just doing people in the the local area of Birmingham or Alabama? Are you doing people all over? I said, I'm doing people all over. She said, great. I've got these people. uh, I'd like to to get on your show. Would you be interested? And so the next thing I know, she is opening these doors that, that it was all God, you know, but it's, it is amazing. And it's uh, it's fun because I can't take any of the credit. And, you know, the, the more I get out of the way, the more he does in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, the things that he's already done with some of the movies that you've already made, I mean, I, I think that it's just going to continue to like he's given you a gift that that's extremely uh, talented and, and it's already touching people's lives. But, you know, I just believe he's going to continue to give you more, you know, the, the more you use the gifts for his glory. The more he pours out upon you, so that he can get more glory.
1: Yeah, so. I pray this, I pray that's true because we, you know, we love telling these stories. Uh, you know, my dad, would, he and I would talk, and he, he I remember he, he told me he said, um, "You should do these movies one day," because I've had this vision for years now, years. And he he told me one day he is your, your movies will reach more people than I ever could as a pastor. And I said, what do you, what do you mean by that? And he said, uh, as a pastor, I walk into a building every Sunday or several days of the week. And he goes, and I and I can only travel so far. He says, so I'm restricted by borders and walls with my word. And he goes, he said to me that day, he said, your films will not be. Your films will not have walls. Your films will not have borders. So he said, um, you, they will reach, people everywhere. And so that's how we kind of vision it in Madison Mackey, Bishop Mackey and I say, okay, uh, you know, I had a <laughs> I had a friend ask us asked me, said, so, Well, your, your your brother, your father, he said, when are you gonna get called in the ministry? I said, Well that's no, no, he said, when when are you gonna become a pastor or something like that? I said, Well <laughs> you she don't do that it's not a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's a calling. <laughs> and I just feel like this is my calling right now. I'm not, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister, but I think our films can minister to people that watch them, and everybody again, I know people will receive the message. they receive it in our films. We don't, we don't preach to them, and I think you, you've seen the movie. It's, it's not preachy. It's a story. And we believe that and pray that people will, will see their parts in the story and get a message out. And that's enough for us. Uh, I, I tell you, I I still get um, social media in, from a question of faith. And, and I have one that I keep that I just happened one day to get on Fandango just to read some of the reviews. And there was a review from a gentleman that said, I just watched this movie and I was, I was getting ready to kill myself, mm. but I watched this movie and I, and I, and I just remember calling Bishop and sending him that screenshot and sending it to him. And I just told him, this is why we do this. We don't do it for our glory, our fame, but this is why we do this. And I joke with people a lot of, in and around this town. Say, nobody knows me in this town. Yeah, they know my wife. When I go out, my wife's a realtor here in this town in Columbus, Georgia. And when I go out, people go, Oh, hey, you're you're Tom Ann's, aren't you? I go, Yeah, I am. You're Mia's husband. Yeah, I'm Mia's husband. Yeah, hey, this is Tom Anne's. This is Mia's husband. So <laughs> nobody knows me. And I'm happy with that because, you know, I don't want to make movies for fame, fortune. I, I wanna I wanna make these movies so that we can entertain and inform and, and possibly along the way show people that if they maintain or turn to faith or maintain their faith, you know, they can make it to the next day. And we're not proclaiming professionals or psychologists or any that stuff. We're not trying to be that. We're just trying to give you a, a movie that you can enjoy and maybe help get you to another day if you're struggling with something.
0: That's really good stuff. So to go from the military to making movies, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are enlisted right now that have dreams, they have goals, they have things that they want to accomplish. And, you know, some of them are, are, you know, maybe they're coming back and they are struggling. Maybe they are coming back and say, I don't know what my purpose is. You know, how did you make that transition from, I want to be a writer to, you know, I mean, military is is all about tasks and discipline and and doing the same thing over and over and over in, in preparation for the moment that you have to go to war. And ultimately, that's, you know, rinse, repeat, and and just stay focus on the task at hand. And creativity, they don't want a lot of creativity. They, yeah. they want to get you focused on what they want you to do, and they don't want you to waver in that. So how did you maintain a creative mind and then... Uh, Come back from that. I mean, because you serve for a while and then come back from that and then tap back into that creativity, because those are completely different elements of your brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I was I was in the military for 24 years and uh, absolutely loved every second of it. Even the cold nights or the broken bones. I I would do it all over again. that's how much I love serving our country and, and being in that uniform with those young men and women. Uh, but even during that time, I was teaching myself this craft. I, I, I've always known I wanted to um, do this. I've had these ambitions for a long, long time. In fact, uh, I got out of the military for a brief period. They sent me to college. I won't say I got out, but I went to, that's when I went to college to get my commission. Uh, well, when I signed up, that when I first got to college and did all my paperwork, I was initially going to stay in the National Guard because I was going to get a degree in film and I was heading out west to start making movies. This was 1987. And at the very last moment, I couldn't do it. I kept thinking about it and I was like, I can't do this. I have to go back on active duty. I have to be back in that uniform full time. I'm not done yet. So I changed my major and everything at the last second. And I'm glad I did. Uh, but even during that time, I was still reading books about you know, how to write screenplays and different books about movie making. And I wrote my very first screenplay while I was a second lieutenant in Germany in 1991, which was absolutely horrible. It was it was a disaster. <laughs> but I wrote it anyway. <laughs> uh, but that's that's how far back I was trying to hone these skills. uh when I when I finally got out, I didn't start. I went into corporate America for 10 years and uh, ended up being a uh, my last three years in corporate America. I was the uh, chief management officer for uh, our managing director for a, a, a small defense sector company. So I was sitting at the top of the chair the CEO of that company, so to speak. And then I made my mind I told my wife and my kids I said look when I turn 50 all every I've done 24 years in the military I've done 10 years corporate America when I hit my 50th birthday I want to transition into doing building this film company and they all got behind me and got on board and that's what I did so I've been writing for a long long time but it's you know it's just one of those things where Especially being an infantry officer, you're in the woods a lot. You're, you're away a lot. You just have to be disciplined enough to go, okay, I just got out of the woods for, for two weeks. It's going to be another three weeks before I have to go somewhere else. All right, I'm going to spend this time being wise and, and read this book or look at this uh, video. And it just got to the point where it took a while. It took a while, but because uh, I'll give you a good example, a, a Question of Faith. I wrote that movie in 2006. It didn't get made until 2016. <laughs> so it takes a while, but uh, you just have to, you know, you pray. And I, uh, I was just having this conversation yesterday with a gentleman. I said, you know, I never prayed for success. Never did. I never said God make me a famous screenplay writer. I never did that God make me a famous disc. What I always prayed for was the knowledge to get me to being a great screenplay writer. You know, God, you know, put in front of me how to how do I write this? Put in front of me what I need to see to know how to write that. Or so I prayed for the skills and the knowledge, not the success. And um, and I'm just thankful that God did that to me. He He got me to a point where I knew how to write, and that got me to a point where producers start paying attention to me. So. Any i i was telling the gentleman yesterday because he's got I met a, a bump into a buddy of mine, he goes, Oh, you're so successful. You I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not successful. I just know how to do stuff now. <laughs> I'm not sure that makes me successful. It makes me smart in some in some you know worlds, but I never prayed for the success. I just wanted to, God to give me the skills and the ability to write and tell stories. And I'm just thankful to God that he's done that. And he continues to do that.
0: But, you know, he exalts the humble and he humbles the exalted. And, you know, I think of Solomon, you know, the Lord said, you can have anything you want. And he said, give me wisdom. And so, you know, when he asked for wisdom, he said, you could have asked for anything else. But because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you ask for uh, that knowledge similar to wisdom and you ask for skills. And then he has used that that knowledge and those skills to give you success. And and so I, I think that, that that is a very important thing for people to, to pay attention to is you know, you don't pray for the success, you pray for you know God to continue to reveal more of himself to you sure. and reveal yes. more of the things that that he wants you to know. And when he does that, then you know, things will take place that that you could never explain.
1: No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, um
0: yeah. I mean,
1: I I also tell people a lot. of when some, some people say, "Are oh, you, you surprised at your success?" and I tell them, I don't mean to be uh, arrogant about this, but no, I'm not. And and I tell them because I prayed for this. I pray for this wisdom, this knowledge, this skill to be able to do these things. And and now that God's given them to me, why should I be surprised about it? I should be thankful now. I'm not going to go around acting surprised on something that I've been praying for. I'm just going to now fall on my knees and be thankful. And 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 so I'm not surprised. Um, I have learned a lot in the past, you know, five or ten years just alone. But God always puts stuff in front of me and said, "Okay, you can either take advantage of it or not." But you prayed for this, so here it is. And I just made sure uh, not to waste those moments. And I'm just thankful every day. I'm thankful for this, you know, being able to be on this interview with with a, a person like yourself. I'm thankful for, uh, you know, meeting, you know, Charles Mackey, because that changed our dynamics. So I'm just thankful that I've had the support from family and friends along the way and I just I just never take it for granted one of the guys said hey I know you know you're going to get to a point this was yesterday we're not going to see you around here anymore and I was like I looked at him I said what makes you think I'm not at that point now and I'm still here (laughs) and they kind of looked at him I said look it's not about where I'm at you know some magical spot that you guys envision me it's about where I am right here right now today and I said "I'll, I'll always be the same guy that Regardless how big a movie gets, I'm still going to be that goofy guy that shows up every now and then to say, hey, what's going on, buddy? It's that type of thing. So, yeah, it's it's a blessing. And I'm just thankful. I'm, I'm really thankful. And I hope, I hope people get to go out and see this movie, whether they're, they get to see it in a the theater. And we are going to be releasing information about where they can see, where churches can sign up and, and download the movie. I just hope they see it and just you know be able to find something in this movie.
0: Well, I definitely believe that they will if uh, if they take the time to watch it, no matter where they watch it. You know, again, I I got to watch it on a little computer screen. Uh, You know, couldn't watch it anywhere else. But you know, I will watch it on a bigger screen when it comes out. Um, So I'm excited about that. But how can people find out more about you and about the movie and and the other things that you've got going on?
1: Uh, So about the movie, which is most important, they can go to uh, MBK Film dot com. And that's from My Brother's Keeper. Uh, and they, they can go sign up there and they can get information about where the, the theaters, for example, the movie will be in. Uh, church pastors can find out, OK, how do we sign up to get the link to play at our churches for our uh, our parishioners? So that's, that's the first place I would like people to go, mbkfilm.com. They can go to Mans Mackey, and that's M-A-C-K-I-E, studios, MansMackieStudios.com, just to find out and, and contact through us and find out what we're doing as a production company. We, have, uh, we just had one movie start on BET last night, which is very exciting. Uh, Redeemed, which we did after My Brother's Keeper. And uh, a story by a, a young lady named Jackie Moore from a book called Serving Justice, it was adapted from that book, a young lady named Monica Sims, Mitchell, and Vicki Adams, the producer, executive producer, brought that project to us a little over a year ago. We made that movie. It made its streaming debut on BET Plus last night, which very excited and just very happy for those three who worked so hard to get that movie, uh, you know, put together and I'm just thankful to Mansmacky we were able to do it. In fact, that was my uh, feature film directorial debut was last night, (laughs) so that was fun. And um, we're working with a great group right now out of Arkansas, Up To You Films, Marty Roberts, uh, Jimmy Womble and Johnny Scroggins. We're gonna be doing this beautiful faith-based baseball movie revolving around his family and these high school kids. Called Running the Bases. We start on that late April down in Arkansas, and I'm really excited for people to to see that movie. and And then at, near the end of the year, we'll be uh, in Chicago working with another producer on a film called Twelve Hundred Dollars in a Prayer. Another beautiful story. How this executive, true story about how this executive gave up everything to build this small little church, and he started off with a twelve hundred dollar donation, and now that's one of the most it's not a huge church, but it's a beautiful church they built in the Chicago area. And so we're excited about telling that story at the end of the year. So we have a busy year ahead of us, thank God. And uh, we look forward to uh, maybe trying to squeeze a Man's Mackey movie in there somewhere. These other movies aren't movies that I wrote. These are movies other people wrote. Man's Mackey are just being hired to, to make the movie like Redeem. But we're excited. We're excited about 2021. And um, we didn't do any movies last year because we wanted to make sure that we didn't expose any of our crew and our staff to this COVID issue, so we, we 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 feel like we got our head wrapped around how to how to make movies now in the COVID environment. We feel like we can do it safely. We can keep people safe. So we're gonna we're gonna be out there in about another month or so working our first project for 2021.
0: It's great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the the other things to come and I really appreciate your time today. It's been an honor to have you. And, and I know that it's really challenged me and, and inspired me in a lot of ways. So I know that it'll be the same for our audience. If this has been something that you enjoyed, you can follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, or on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will look forward to catching you again in two weeks.